Hello, and welcome to the Origen Podcast. I'm Pablo Aslan. This is episode five. Born in Colombia, raised in Venezuela, and after more than 20 years in the city, a New Yorker, guitarist, singer-songwriter, and producer Juancho Herrera creates a worldly Latin music rooted in folkloric traditions, but informed by jazz and global styles. He calls it connecting the dots. In this week's edition of the Origen Podcast, Herrera shares his global vision in a conversation in English and in Spanish with hosts Pablo Aslan and Fernando González. Latin music for the 21st century. Please join us. It was interesting listening to, to your music that for all your education with jazz, how it's incorporated into, into what you do. What elements do you, do you feel that you, you are taking from jazz? For me, the interaction with the musicians, that's number one. Uh, I think that to make a record is, dif is different than to play a show. When I, play a, when I do a record, I really try to make a statement that might be listened to for everyone, you know? And so uh, when we're live, uh, intros go and come back, solos change. Um, one time I might take a solo, the piano player take another solo, um, and we take risks in live. So it's a very different uh, animal, definitely being live than recording. So that's where the jazz comes uh, through. If you know, if, if musicians are not um, used to play differently, then it's it's a little bit of uh, difficulty. It is a difficulty for me. There's bands that I just couldn't play anymore because I just didn't want to play the same thing every night. It's just I can't do that. Is there a tradition of improvisation in Venezuelan music, for example? It's full of improvisation. I mean, the whole Joropo, it's a style that it's uh, in the plains between Venezuela and Colombia. There is a very famous uh, Contrapunteos, which is two singers that they uh, improvise lyrics, melodies, and of course rhythm at the same time. And then they take the last phrase and then the other one answers with that and continues. And uh, same with the harp, same with the bandola llanera. You talk about um, that you're thinking about the Latin American identity with a global projection. What does that mean to you? And especially how that relates to your own story with Venezuela, Colombia, Europe, New York. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I was born in, Col in Colombia and when I was uh, a baby, two years old, uh, my parents moved to Venezuela. And um, even though we are na neighboring countries, there's already a, a, a difference of culture. And also in, in Latin America, you will find, uh, especially spe specifically in South America, a lot of difference between people from the mountains and people from the coast. And in Venezuela, the national identity is more related to the coast and in Colombia it's more related to, to, the, to the mountains, specifically in Caracas and Bogotá, in those two cities. I mean, of course, there's other identities, regional identities, but... Uh, so I already experienced, you know, since a very uh, early age, uh, this idea of the different. You know, there's somebody that is, is, speaks differently, that feels music differently. 
and um, and I grew up in a city, but you know, it's a really small town. So this whole idea of having this music that can connect us through this, you know, mestizaje, this mixed um, identity throughout the, all of the Americas, I find it quite fascinating. And one of the main uh, influences, musically speaking, that I think has been very successful is salsa. You know, salsa was, I mean, as part as, uh, uh, of the folkloric, uh, you know, uh, identity of the people of, of Caracas of, or Peru or Cali or Mexico City. And so that was, I, I think, that one of the uh, conduits that I took, this idea of, okay, there's some music that has modern influences that can trace to the, the, the traditions but it can be accessible to everyone. And, and, and I believe that it's very important to, in this day and age, to break this idea of purity or this idea of walls. And of course, I want to know how you do things in Buenos Aires. But if you are in Buenos Aires and you go to Tucumán, they do things differently there. So we can learn from each other, but that shouldn't be a, a, there shouldn't be a, a, a stop for the, for the information. And I think that trying to look with respect to the tradition and incorporating elements from different uh, musical languages in creating music is going to make us uh, uh, more connected. And I think that's, you can, that's also very true of Brazilian music, for example. You know, it's, everybody loves Brazilian music. Everybody plays Brazilian music. Everybody feels connected because they opened that and people were able to, you know, bring some jazz, bring some like funk with the MPB or, you know, all the influences. So I think it's, that's, that's my interest. Las borracheras de infancia, sabor a capimelao, culimano de olvidado. Culimano de olvidado. A number of your things had to do with, obviously, with Venezuela. Not only, for example, um, in Familia, you mix the personal with the big picture of the country as a family. How important is, do you think, and we talked about this also with Samuel, who is from Colombia, the role of the musician in the social issues and and speaking up on what, what is going on? Well, I feel that uh, uh, through music, uh, it's, it's such a direct way of communicating and, and uh, anything that is folkloric it, it comes from, from that point of view. People are just talking about what happened to them in their lives. Uh, Franco Pina, drummer that plays in my band, is a really great friend. He's also a feature in the, in the, in the show that we did. Uh, he always says that uh, folkloric, folkloric, folkloric music is like if you have a band that you play with for 200 years and it's so tight. And so the stories are part of that. So, you know, I, I, I think that uh, people regard uh, verses from, from folkloric music or from songs like from Ruben Blades or from Caetano Veloso as gospel or like Bob Dylan. People live by those things and, and, um, and they form character. They give you um, a, a blueprint in order to find yourself in, in, into, into those, in, in your life through those songs. So I feel that it's essential, essential, essential to keep to keep talking about who we are, exp exploring who we are, and in that way, you know, we hopefully evolve. Venezuela has an extraordinary richness in the variety of music and styles and all that. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about 
your favorite stuff among the traditional rhythms or and styles and perhaps recommend some artists to to listen to some of that yeah well I, i'm going to tell you a story um when i was a kid uh i picked up the guitar because my in my house my father played a guitar and uh my parents divorced and at some point my father could not uh pay whatever he had to to my mom and say he said hey, you know what here's my guitar and here's my camera and I give you that as a payment and that's how I, a guitar arrives to my to my to my hands but um, of course I wanted to learn to play Venezuelan music there were not many role models around around me in terms of Venezuela uh, of guitar a guitar was more music for boleros or bo for pasillos for uh, waltzes so a, there were basically three uh, uh, ways that, that I could go. The classical way, the uh, rock way, and the jazz way. And so there were bands that were trying to mix Latin, Latin, Venezuelan rhythms with those. But I was very interested in the Afro tradition, in the Afro-Venezuelan tradition that has no string instruments. And so you're asking me about you know, some of those, of those uh, rhythms. Culue Puya is one of the, of the ones that I love the most. Uh, Fulia, Sangueo, um, those, uh, uh, El Tambor de Coro, um, and a bunch of different ones. Gaita de Tambora, there's a those bunch of rhythms that I have worked on. But I didn't know how to go through them. And in, in, the, in the early 90s, I, I came across an album by Umu Sangare from Mali. And when I heard that, it was like, a, like an awakening because I didn't know that in Africa the guitar was such a traditional instrument and the way they play it is just within the all the rhythmic counterpoint so because of listening to Umu Sangare from Mali I was able to find my way to play guitar in Afro-Venezuelan music and not having to go through the jazz or the or the rock or the classical and so um, just just to say that you know Venezuela is very rich in different different kinds of rhythms. And for me, uh, the connection to African guitar was able to make, enable me to come back home and connect to the rhythms in, in Venezuela and play them in a different way. And, and um, I mean, there's a bunch of groups that I can recommend you. Of course, Un Solo Pueblo was like a Bible when we were a kid. I had the opportunity to play with a singer, lead singer from that band, Francisco Pacheco, by for many years was like the voice of Afro-Venezuela. It was like Sambo Cabero, somebody like that, uh, or, 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 or Susana Vaca or something like that. Uh, uh, of course, Betsaida Machado, which is like a, a new version of that. They are, I mean, the difference between those two is that Besada, it's from a specific region and Un Solo Pueblo was doing compilations of, of all Venezuela. Uh, and, you know, I cannot, uh, I would be remiss if I don't mention Aquiles Baez, which is probably one of the most important musicians that I encountered in my life. He was one of the first, that was, he was one of the first guitar players that I could look up to and that offered me a lot of opportunities, not only uh, as, as, as a player, he, get, he got me a lot of gigs. Whenever, whenever he was playing, he would you know, invite me to play with him and invite me to sing with him. Uh, but I feel that he definitely opened a different, uh, uh, you know, opportunity, a lot of opportunities for a lot of, a lot of the Venezuelan uh, uh, music seen today it's, exists because of Achilles Vice.
if I understand correctly, you actually started with a cuatro, no? Yes, the cuatro was my, uh, well, I didn't have a cuatro, but, you know, I had a, my cousin, uh, he came to live with us because very unfortunate, unfortunate, tragic, tragic situation. But he came to live with us when I was uh, nine, nine years old and he played cuatro. He was five years older than me and he's the one that taught me the first uh, songs, the first merengues, you know, Compadre Pancho, eh, Juan Jose, Polo Margariteño, a bunch of songs. And then, well, you know, later on he moved out of the house. And so I, there was no instrument until the story that I told you prior, which is my, my father's guitar came to, to me. And then, you know, cuatro is like a, it's like a toy for kids in Venezuela. Everybody plays a little bit of cuatro, you know. And, and then there was a point of my life that I was really playing it and, and putting a lot of time into it. And I was able to record with a cuatro with the most unlikely people like Alejandro Sanz or Idan Reichel. I also played in a score of a, a, a Tamil a film that was nominated for the for the for, for not pre-nominated for the Oscars. So there was a time that I was really playing that instrument. With all due respect, you both gentlemen play string instruments, but with uh, uh, the thing that kills me in, in Venezuela is how you play the maracas. The Venezuelan maracas is just amazing. The kind of stuff. Yeah. That, 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 and and that, as we learned are, from um, as we learned from Samuel, that's a that's an indigenous tradition, not an Afro tradition. Yeah, I mean the maracas is um, it, it's the uh, instrument that the piache, which is the doctor, the medicine doctor, would use to cure people. So that's why he was. But in the but in the hands of of of, of Africans or in the hands of uh, of uh, a, you know people that came from the south of Spain, it became this. You know, it's incredible. One of the distinctions is between instrumental music and song. In exploring your work, Juancho, I think what's interesting as an instrumentalist, but also obviously as a composer, is that you deal with song. And not just folk song, but, but you know, your own songs are very jazzy, <laughs> if I may. They're, they're elaborate. How did you bring that into your Berkeley education, into your so-called jazz education? When I, when, I, when I went to school for jazz, it was really, um, I needed to learn the harmonic tradition, you know, and, and the harmonies. When I was a kid, there were only two options to study music, guitar specifically. Either you would be a, a classical guitarist and you had to start really early. There's, and uh, you couldn't go to a conservatory because, you know, the orchestras, they don't have guitar there. So it's an instrument that is looked down on. And the other way was uh, jazz. So, I mean, I did love the music, but the whole idea of the theory was what interested me in, 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 specifically, in specifically. And so that's what I brought to my music. I, I love different forms. I have like nine bars, phrases, and, uh, you know, uh, three eights here, and then a bar of four in the middle of six eight. Um, I love that, that, that flexibility that, that, 
that jazz um, has and or has become for me. And so um, it is it is it is definitely uh, a plus for me. I don't I don't I guess I get bored just to think in just like eight bar phrases, four four, you know, I mean, it's beautiful and everything, but I mean, it's a, li it's a limit to that for me. What about your work as a poet, as a lyricist? What is that like? When did that come into play? I come from, um, I would say, low mi middle class family. We, we didn't have money, but we had education. And, and my parents were the first generation that went to a university. And there was a lot of reading at my place. You know, we didn't, we didn't talk about uh, funds or, or money, but we did talk about books quite, quite often. And my father, uh, when I was a kid, every Sunday we would do three things. We would do exercise. He would bring me to listen to the classical orchestra, you know, the uh, symphonic orchestra, which was free. And he would try to buy me a book. And so I was always fascinated with words, and of course, one of the earliest uh, uh, influences that I that I or people that I love because I, I don't consider myself a writer, but you know I scribe uh, words uh, was Garcia Marquez, and Garcia Marquez was you know really writing how people talked, you know. So it was like a, 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 a let's say medium to low register a poetry if you will and later on I, I discovered some other people that that were in the same vein uh, or Cortázar Cortázar was such a big thing for everybody of our generation and then they were like the highbrow Borges which I also got into later on but uh, I feel that uh, it's kind of important to I love that idea of keeping the 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 daily way of speaking, the, the pedestrian way of, of speaking. And uh, in my lyrics, I try to make reflections and scribe words that um, pay homage, homage to that, to that, to that kind of a, of a living, because I feel that in the pedestrian, you can find a lot of, uh, a lot of pearls of uh, philosophy, of uh, um, advice, of, uh, you know, I mean, life, life is there in the, in the pedestrian. You have talked of your interest in your work as a producer. What do you find attractive about that as opposed to the stuff, the songwriting and the performance and all the other aspects? Well, as a producer, I don't necessarily uh, see myself as having to carry all the weight as a guitar player, singer and writer. Um, there's moments that I can totally see, I, I, I do an arrangement and I can totally see no guitar there. And that is liberating because then you can see how other instruments can take life and can uh, give a, a, a stronger vision for the artist that you're working with. And, uh, and, you know, I am interested in things that have not been done before or that, that are a little, little different and, and, and not twisted, but that take a, another turn, you know. And, um, you know, that, uh, last year I, I, I was able to, to release this production that I did for Claudia Cunha, who was a singer that was for many years just kept in one little niche. And, and we were able to break that a little bit and see use her a little bit more as a song person a songbird instead of like just improvisation 
And uh, I just finished an album uh, of uh, Hungarian music with South American rhythms and by Nikolaj Pankovic and the, and the River Voices. And it was a, a project that we put together and uh, for a Carnegie Hall concert that we did last year. And for me, that was very exciting because it goes back to the same thing, which is, okay, there is this traditional music from Hungary. They don't have Africa within them. They don't have Spanish. They don't have that element. Let's see how can we make those songs as if they were perfectly always from that world so they can collide you know those two words and that's what i'm interested in and so if i don't have to play guitar all the time if i'm not the singer i can imagine other register i can imagine other people doing things and 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 it gives me a totally different uh, range of 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 possibilities la violencia cuando chiquito me acuerdo aquí me acuerdo allí me acuerdo bien la violencia no arregla ni para ti, ni para mí, ni para sí. Cada vez al salir a la calle a echarle bola, te recuerdo que a las 7 de la tarde por toda parte se forma tremenda cola. Todos seguimos mirando el mismo sol. Aprovechamos entonces y hacemos un pequeño extra en castellano. Y me pregunto si, si podrías hablar un poco ahora sobre lo que vos alguna vez hablaste de la identidad latinoamericana con proyección mundial. ¿Qué significa eso para ti? Bueno, eh, lo primero es que eh, realmente ya a, a buscar la pureza me parece inútil. O sea, ya nosotros venimos mezclados desde hace milenios. Entonces, eh, el estado natural... De, de, de una raza mezclada es seguir eh, expandiéndose, expandiéndose mientras más eh, eh, grupos eh, se integran a esta, a este, a este, a esta sociedad. Entonces, eh, lo que yo pienso allá a nivel musical es que eh, te, te, en mi caso particular yo me, yo me he, he propuesto encontrar los, la, las, las células rítmicas y melódicas y armónicas que son comunes, aprender, aprender, aprenderlas desde la tradición y encontrar el, el, el ADN de todo eso, porque eso es un viaje que viene desde, la, desde la Irán hasta ahora, desde la India, o sea, hay tantas influencias que tenemos en la música que hacemos, entonces eh, me parece que es, es proseguir con ese, con ese mismo proceso que ya es natural, en vez de simplemente eh, intentar y, y cerrar espacios eh, yo siento que cuando tú amas algo, tú lo compartes este, y, es, y, esa, y cuando tú amas algo también otras personas eh, eh, proponen otras cosas dentro de eso que tú amas entonces eh, eh, siento que las ciudades tienen un, un, un sonido particular siento que el lenguaje que nosotros tenemos aunque, aunque es, eh, tiene diferentes acentos nos conecta entonces yo creo que partir desde eso y darnos cuenta de la diferencia ah, bueno en Buenos Aires se habla de esta manera en Chile se habla de esta manera y, y, y de repente en Colombia se utiliza, tocamos de una manera diferente o en Venezuela entonces eh, para mí ha sido intentar Ir a la raíz, encontrar la célula, aprenderla, ser agradecido con las comunidades que, que me han dado la oportunidad de pertenecer, de, de aprender estas músicas y llevarlo a un punto donde todos podamos conectarnos, porque al final eso es lo que estamos buscando, conectarnos, que sumar, ser, ser más, más inclusivos y abrir más la participación. Cacerolas que van sonando por un lado y los cohetes por allá. Ve una foto de María de un difunto y de dos vivos de verdad 
And that's it for episode 5 of the Origen Podcast. We heard excerpts of Gaviero, El Mismo Sol, and Familia by Juancho Herrera Rey. Thank you, Juancho Herrera, and thank you for listening. Please join us next week in another episode of the Origen Collective Podcast, a peek into a new Latin music and its creators, from the roots to the future. Please visit our archives for other interviews with Latin American artists, members of the Origen Collective. The Origen Podcast is produced by Fernando Gonzalez and Pablo Aslan for the Origen Collective, a group of Latino musicians based in New York City. Stay safe wherever you are.